Welcome to Two Gals and a Glass Half Full. We are two physical therapists just trying to live healthy most of the time and doing our best to see our glasses as half full. Some days that is so much harder than others. So we interview others more knowledgeable than us to teach us about things we don't know. Um, I'm super excited. We just finished the month of July talking about toxins and in our products. And now we're moving on to leadership um, and how leadership is not just someone that runs a business. There's so many aspects to leadership. Um, but first, Dr. Jess, what do you have in your glass today? Well, today I have a little bit of water with some fresh lime because I like when it has a little bit of that um, tangy taste. I end up drinking a lot more water when mm -hmm. it tastes just a little bit better. Um, so right now I have lime in the fridge. So that's what I'm drinking. Uh, so Dr. Bobby, what's in your class? I have some water as well. I don't, I don't have lime. I love lime. It's like my favorite, but I don't like lemon in my water, but I like lime. There you um, go. I had a weekend outside, a lot of sun. Um, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling that dehydration a little bit still. So <laughs> absolutely. That happens, especially when it's warm out. Yes. All right. And so today we have a special guest with us. This is Peter Gay and she is going to be our, our esteemed guest. We have information that's going to be about her tagged in the information in this episode on YouTube. So you will have all sorts of um, access to learn more about our guests, but we are going to let her introduce herself before, um, and then also tell us what's in her glass. So my name is Peter Gay Sterling. I'm a mental health therapist and a registered nurse. Um, how deep do you guys want me to go? I was in the military for about 10 years. That's important. Um, and while I was in the military, I used um, my education benefits and got my master's degree in mental health counseling and then later on um, nursing. Um, awesome. I'm in school right now to be a psychiatric nurse to prescribe. Um, I own, Very cool. Yeah, I own a therapy company and that's pretty much me, yeah. <laughs> And what's in your, what's in your glass this morning? So I have two liters of water and I'm going to force myself to drink this today. So go. <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> I need a big cup like that to like help me increase my water intake. Listen, I it, like it. It's, yep. it's a commitment. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great strategy to use is to have the big vessel like that. Cause then it's like, it makes the goal very realistic. <laughs> Absolutely, because you can see it. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes when I have just a glass, I end up like finishing it and then I forget to refill it. And then all of a sudden it's the end of the day. I'm like, I've had one glass of water all day. Yep. That's terrible. And then I end up drinking too much before bed and then I have to pee, which is a bummer. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what happens to me. <laughs> so I get it. I say because it happened last night because I didn't drink enough water yesterday. And then I end up having a couple of glasses of water um, at the end of the day. And then I'm like, great. Well, I had to get up and let my dog out anyway. She's old and her bladder doesn't make it through the night either. So I was like, we're both up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, all right. So as far as the leadership, right, we want to really uh, explore over this month, a lot of different aspects of leadership. In this episode, though, we are going to take a step back and we want to talk about maybe understanding ourselves a little bit before we go into talking about leadership as a, as a whole, because mm -hmm. a lot of times, if we better understand ourselves, 
then it's a, a, it's a much better starting place for mm-hmm. growing into, into leadership. So that's why we have a mental health counselor with us today mm-hmm. who is much better at this kind of stuff than we are. <laughs> so, um, so Peter Gay, uh, yes. as a mental health counselor, uh, mm-hmm. what are some strategies that we can implement to better understand maybe ourselves a little bit more, like our personality type or maybe some of like our tendencies for leadership? Are there different like personality quizzes that you will offer people to do or leadership quizzes, things like that. There's things that I've done in the past that I've, I've found helpful for myself. So, but I wasn't sure if you, if there's any ones that you typically will recommend or utilize. Well, it's interesting that you just asked me that because I took an assessment yesterday, which is really random. I took it for school. It's the Don Clifton assessment that okay. tells you your strengths. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's 40 different types of strengths. I scored mostly in strategic, um, influence, and I can't remember the last one, but that's what I took yesterday. And that kind of told me a lot about myself as a leader and how to put my strengths into action. I I love that assessment, but I also hate it because it told me (laughs) that I rely a lot on extrinsic factors in order to lead. So I care about recognition, which is something that you don't ever really want to admit, right? Mm -hmm. So (laughs) Uncomfortable, right? It is so uncomfortable. But um, so that's a really good assessment. It's by Don Clifton and it's called the Strength Finders Assessment. Okay. That's awesome. Have you heard much about the Enneagram? I'm not really that familiar with it. People come and tell me that they're INFJ and I've never really had the time to research it. Gotcha. Yeah. It's one that we've been using with, um, with our office and Mm -hmm. the, the, I think what we like about it is that it's, it's like shorter, so it doesn't take too long to take the take the test. And then it's, it's helpful because, you know, some of the descriptions give you the, like, if you're a type of, you know, there's like different numbers, there's like the healthy version of that number. And then there's the unhealthy version of that number. And so you can kind of see both sides and then you can typically recognize a little bit of both in yourself. (laughs) 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 Look into that. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it's, there's all different kinds of personality tests that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's something though that I have found helpful for me is mm-hmm. to take a personality test or three and, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of gives you some insight into yourself and you're mm-hmm. like, wow. And like what you did of like, apparently I do like recognition. Hmm. Maybe. Which is, which is crazy because uh-huh. I always think that I'm shy and I want to be in the background mm-hmm. that test blew me out the water it even told me that I need to put myself in the forefront and be visible because uh-huh. that's where I'll really shine interesting I couldn't believe- oh. right and then like today you're talking to us on a podcast look at yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. which I was you know apprehensive about because I'm so shy well right. I consider myself shy but yeah apparently yeah. that's the way to lead yeah, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love that. All right. And so um, the other thing that I think I've done for myself that was helpful is that there's actually like, you know, there's personality quizzes that you can take and then mm-hmm. there's leadership quizzes. Mm-hmm. So they are different in, in, you know, the 
the what your general personality type might lean towards like are you more of like that aggressive personality where you have like really no problem with confrontation we've met those people um and that's not that doesn't it's not a bad thing it's just Mm -hmm. they really are not uncomfortable with confrontation (laughs) then you've got like the other side of it that are like oh my gosh this is the worst thing ever that someone came up and directly talked to me and that's like you know the polar opposite and so <laughs> which is okay as well right? right we all need to be different and that's what makes us a society and a community right. uh, and then there's quizzes that are specific to leadership itself mm-hmm. and then that kind of at least has helped me a little bit with what are my tendencies do i like to make the answer and implement it do i like to ask every single person in the room for their feedback and then make a choice Mm -hmm. or is it a mix you know all of that kind of stuff and so um these it's just a you know taking a step back and saying what what are my tendencies because before i dive into leadership training or all these exercises we can do i think first understanding you is mm-hmm. and your strengths where your go-to is going to be you're not going to try and fit yourself into this cog of what somebody what works for somebody else um mm-hmm. so and I, I think when it comes to understanding ourselves mental health counselors are a great place to start and and really help to say okay what are my strengths what are my weaknesses what are my tendencies and then how do i capitalize my strengths and then how do i bolster up my weaknesses to make sure that I'm going to be the strongest person possible for interpersonal relationships, work relationships, parenting, friends, and mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden things start becoming healthier. It's interesting. Yeah, right? Um. I think because it forces you to look at those different areas without someone challenging you to look at the things that are scary, we can go into avoidance behavior and really kind of run away from those things. When you look at it, yeah then maybe you'll, you'll do something about it. You'll take some action. Right. And that's, that's the idea is just to say, where can I be my best self? So mm-hmm. and how do I do that? How do I, how do I become my best self? Uh, and, and I think, you know, just step back, step back, step back, step back, understand you. And mm-hmm. if you can do that, then, then you can move forward. Um, so um, so now, uh, Peter Gate, in your life, what are areas where you have uh, learned some leadership strategies over the years? What what has worked for you and what hasn't? You've got a diverse background, military, into mental health, into nursing, lots of educational programs, you know, running a business, all sorts of fun stuff. So I'm sure mm-hmm. there's been a journey. It has been a journey. When I was in the military, um, leadership was about discipline. Um, it was about being able to find the scary thing that could happen and prevent it from happening. It was about correcting your own people so that no one else had to correct your own people. And it was really aggressive, most of my military career. I was in the military for 10 years. Um, it was more demand, it was authoritarian, right? Mm-hmm. And I picked up on that because I wanted to be a Navy leader. So I took that style and I implemented it. I remember one time I was in, um, I was stationed in Virginia for a training. And looking back on it, I was horrible. I was 
a horrible, <laughs> I was probably the epitome of a Navy leader because I was like, do this right now. And it was very like, Roger that. And I'm going to tell you what to do. But when I look back at that moment, I didn't feel good about that type of leadership style. So even though I was imitating the leaders, the, the people that are successful in the Navy, when I look back on that, I didn't feel good about myself. I don't feel good about how I probably made those people feel, not giving them a choice. And I know that you sign up for that when you join the military, but what stands out to me is that I had a leader. He was rare. He was one of a kind. I called him Super Dupe, um, Lieutenant Dupree. And he was so kind. He invested in me. If he had to tell me no or the troops no, he explained why it was a no. If he could invest energy and time into us than he would. And that made us buy into the mission. I'll go fight a war for him because I care about him. And I know that he has my back. So I want to have his back. He makes me look good. So I'm going to make him look good. And even though that style of leadership was very present for me when I was stationed at that command, everybody else was the authoritarian type. And so I did you know, what the majority was. I just thought he was rare. But it turns out now that transformational leadership is what I cling to, invest in the people who I work with, right? They don't work for me. I work with them. And when you invest in them that way, they'll do anything for you. They'll go the extra mile. If you put energy into them, if you encourage them, if you inspire them, then their performance will expand Right. Right. Because now they believe in themselves too. Yeah. I love that. And I think like, I can think of people I worked with and the people I respect the most are the ones are the, um, and from a workplace situation were the owners or the managers that were, um, in the bathrooms cleaning because it needed to be done. Um, they didn't ask me to go do it. They did it themselves. And like, that made you kind of think like, Oh, like, I need to do all this stuff too. It's like, you know, there was nothing that was too below them and they right. weren't above any, anything. Right. Right. I think about the time when I followed the most and it was with super dude. <laughs> he inspired me in order to lead. You have to learn how to follow the one time out of those 10 years when I was willing to follow the most, make coffee, clean toilets, climb a jet, whatever they wanted me to do, order an engine, I don't care. It's when I was invested in. Mm -hmm. I don't care what training I wanted to take after hours. He would sign off on that. What leave I wanted to take, he would sign off on that. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And I think that's where uh, overall, when we just value other humans as humans. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a basic concept. Right. Um, <laughs> like, I value you as a human and therefore you value me as a human. And then we can go back and forth and uh, reach goals together instead of I have my set of goals. You have your set of goals and they don't really intertwine. Mm -hmm. It's very rare. I have found in my life. It's very rare that things don't intertwine. So for example, I'm in a clinic, I'm in a physical therapy clinic and I want to help get patients better, right? I've got somebody that's in pain and I, and, or difficult to found something like that. And I, and I want them to feel better. Mm -hmm. My goal is, is that the only way I can reach that goal is if the individual at the front desk is kind to that person when they walk in, 
And that person comes in and they might be super scared, right? They might, they might be like, I have no idea what's about to happen. I am in nine out of 10 pain right now because I just sat in my car and went over a bumpy road and then transferred out of the car and then walked in and I'm standing here and I've got a disc that is horrific, right? And in so mm-hmm. much pain. And now this person at the front desk is like, what's your name? What's <laughs> going on? How are you today? Right. Yeah. That's not really instilling any confidence that we are here to be caring. Right. Right. So dry. So when it comes to us working together as inner intertwined goals, the front desk and their ability to show kindness and respect towards other humans is -hmm. going to be much better. If I show that friend, that's kindness and respect. Good morning. How are you? How's your day? You're doing well. Great. Okay. So today's going to be, let's make today a good day. We're here. We're going to help people feel better. Is there anything that I can help you with before I get my day started? And sometimes I don't have time for that question to be fair. I might be coming in hot. So (laughs) (laughs) me too. (laughs) that's the real answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do have two kids that need to be dropped off. However, (laughs) I do try and be as present as possible because that's the expectation is that if we model, model that behavior, then that person is then present for the patient that's, that's coming in. And then we're all working together and I can't do my job if they don't do their job. Absolutely. I'm not above them. Yeah. No, nobody's above anybody. We're all Absolutely. in one building doing the job of trying to, in my case, help patients feel better. We Absolutely. all are here together. We're just humans on the same line. That's all it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think if you have an expectation of someone else, so for example, your front desk, you have the expectation of them, like doing a certain thing, being friendly, like you need to have that same expectation, if not more of yourself, like in that leadership role, like you need to not only display that to the patient, but to the front desk and to those um, other people, humans, mm-hmm. as you say. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. So, so uh, Peter Gate, from, let's say like, you know, from more of that mental health perspective, if you are working with somebody that is having a hard time seeing themselves, right. Seeing themselves as valuable mm-hmm. because from, from my perspective, I see this in other people. I see where I'm trying to give like, instill some uh, control back into their life or whatever it might be like, here's some strategies. I want you to have this control. I want you to have this sense of empowerment. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like, I don't, I'm not even ready to hear that. I'm not ready to hear that I can have control because mm-hmm. I'm so used to giving that control away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a, something that I've seen a lot over the years and I've had to learn to step back and say, okay, whoa, whoa, like let's, let's, uh, let's explore that a little bit. And, and that's where typically I'll kind of maybe go towards that mental health counseling route. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's more here that you would benefit from. Um, I can help with this part of your back pain. However, there's other things that might be going on that it, mm-hmm. I think would be good for you to discuss with somebody. So have you seen that in your career? Have you seen that, like, not even ready to, to, to have that, like, I'm ready to like, take this and own it and control it and move forward and, and whatever it might be in their life, whether it's a role, whether it's a promotion, whether it's a, a, um, you know, a relationship, whatever it might be something positive, but they're not even ready to take it. Yeah, I have seen that. And I try to encourage people to make small decisions in their daily lives to kind of build their confidence. 
thoughts, right? Even if you make a small dinner about what you want to eat for dinner and you didn't enjoy it, at least you made a decision. If you didn't enjoy it, then I just want you to notice how you feel, right? Does it feel good? Where do you feel that in your body? Let's expand that feeling. Let's mm-hmm. continue to make small decisions. They're not going to be able to make a big decision without external validation if okay. they haven't you know, mastered the art of making small decisions for themselves. I find that a lot of people reach out to other people not to support their decision or to collaborate, but to get an answer of what they should do or where they should go. So I try to encourage people to make small decisions on their own. If you must seek out support, make your decision first, write down your decision so that you are concrete on what it is and then talk about it so that you're not easily swayed. Absolutely. I think that that's uh, helpful, especially if you haven't been somebody that has had that validation of, I make this decision and then I move forward and it works. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what happens is I think when we're starting that process and we make a decision and it doesn't work or you make Mm -hmm. that meal and it tastes horrible. I've been there um, many times. (laughs) Not my cooking is not my strength. (laughs) Thank God we're smart. (laughs) It's nutrients. You're eating it. It doesn't have to taste great. People think it should apparently. Um, (laughs) (laughs) However, like reframing that not as a loss, reframing that as, so it didn't go well, or I didn't like it, or I didn't like the outcome. However, if I look at it from this way, I now know what not to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So like the next time I'm not going to do that same thing. Maybe just, okay. Different strategy. The next time test, retest, test, retest, and kind of (laughs) getting that getting that going. And I, again, I see it a lot in the clinic. I tried this one thing. It didn't work for seven days straight, you know, mm-hmm. cause the one thing that I tried, you know, seven days ago that didn't last until seven days later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore I quit. I see it all the time and mm-hmm. okay. So, so that's okay. That's okay to learn from that. No one's mad. We don't mm-hmm. have to beat anybody up over that. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I, I have realized though, that there is a lot that goes into making the decision, put yourself forward is hard. Why? <laughs> Why is that so hard? I do it too. Okay. I'm not saying like, I'm not pointing fingers. This is a glass house. <laughs> Dude, I think that because we haven't been valued right? So we don't see the value in our own skills or our own decisions, our own actions. When you haven't been valued, you need other people outside sources to validate your decision before you do it. I'm going to go on a date. Maybe I should wear this. You think I should wear that? What do you think I should do? Do you think I should go on a date? We haven't been validated. Sometimes when we take things to people, our ideas, if it gets shut down constantly, then we don't trust our own decision-making skills and our own judgment. And that trans that transfers over to every area of our life, what I'm going to eat, where I'm going to go, who I'm going to hang out with. We have to start making small decisions, see it as a lesson, not a loss, and learning to trust our judgment again. That's the only way that we're going to lead in our own lives 
or lead the other people around us. How can, so as you say that, like Jess and I are both, um, you know, in these positions where we're going to be helping others, Mm -hmm. how can we realize our tendencies and like how we react and then to how then help instill that in others and help encourage those others to start making those decisions um, Mm -hmm. and finding their confidence in themselves? I would encourage you to take the Don Clifton assessment that I mentioned earlier, but Mm -hmm. I will also encourage you to be mindful. Sometimes when we're at the top of the totem pole, right? Because we've been all levels. Yeah. You're leading. Sometimes we have so much on our plate that we're not really aware. We're not really mindful. We're just maybe action or task oriented. We have to be aware of how other people feel of what they're going through, how our decisions, our actions impact them. And we have to be willing to look at it and talk about it. So I would say bringing mindfulness into your Mm -hmm. daily practice, into your leadership practice, but also recognizing what what your strengths are. So my strength is to recognize other people's strength and help them to expand their strengths. My strength in the military was to recognize their weakness and correct it and make sure that it doesn't happen again. I don't want that strength. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> I want you to see what your skill set is and I wanna help you build that skill set. I want to encourage mm-hmm. you. So I would say finding out what your leadership style is or what your own strengths are as a leader and the Don Clifton assessment will definitely help you to figure that out. It even tells you actions that you can take to bring out the best in that strength, but also Mm -hmm. it will tell you what your weaknesses may be. Which is hard to hear sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but it's also hard on the end of like, you know, I've been there where you know, I work in a clinic where I have a tech and I have two PTAs and this and that. And like, I'm over, not, I don't like the word over them because I don't feel over them, but need to make sure everything's running well. And I have my own patients. I'm running around like crazy and I get all these questions and I'm like, ah, can you please just do it? You know, like, and I find myself. And then when I look back, I'm like, Hey, I think you could have handled that a little bit better. So like trying to prevent those, um, learning experiences, I like to call them. But Dr. Bobby, when you recognize that, what do you do with it? That's where the leadership. So, right. And that's where I'll go back and I'll talk to them or like, I obviously apologize. Like if I I did something I'm not really happy with and like Mm -hmm. talk about it, try to encourage them how they could better, how they, um, I, I think a great example is our printer wasn't working and I have like three patients I'm doing all this and they're like, I can't get the printer to work. And I'm like, so I leave my patients to go fix two buttons on the printer and fix it. And I'm like, I need you to try A, B, C, D. Like when you come to me next time, I need you to say, Hey, I've tried this. I've tried this. I've tried this. I've tried this. Like, so I know there's like some process behind that mm-hmm. instead of just like hands in the air. I can't figure it out, you know? So like, it was me, like I'm a empowering them to learn that process, like that mm-hmm. cognitive problem solving. Right. But also like in the middle of like, when I'm crammed with patients, like maybe not the best time to ask me about the printer, right? you know, (laughs) like trying to teach them that, but also then apologizing. Like, I'm really sorry. Like I need to take a deep breath before I tell you, like instruct you, things like that. So 
So it sounds like you're already doing it because being a leader, right? We have to give other people authority. We have to delegate. We have to empower, but we also have to not pretend that we're perfect. And when we go back and we're accountable and we apologize, then we're showing them that we're human too and that they can be exactly where we are. They can be who we are if that's their goal, if they're like an intern, right? Mm -hmm. I think that you're already doing it, being aware, accountable, and empowering. Mm-hmm. We just have to continue to do that. It's an atomic habit. Have you ever heard of that book? I have actually. I have. I think okay. I really have actually. Yeah. yeah. I, I love. I love the every part of being imperfect, and that's essentially what it is. That's all we are. Nobody is perfect, and when we are okay with. It's uncomfortable to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's super uncomfortable. Yeah, nobody I don't wants to be to. like that. <laughs> no, and you're like, oh, and like you play it back. You're like, oh man, that was that was a little much. Um, however, I have found I do the same thing that that Dr. Bobby does. It's mm-hmm. you know you're just so busy, and somebody's coming to you, and the and your perception is that they haven't problem solved. Or haven't tried to figure out the solution. That's a perception that might not be true. It's a perception. Mm-hmm. Um, the mindful aspect of what you're talking about, Peter Gay, is helpful. So I am not perfect with this at all, <laughs> at all. <laughs> However, yes, taking just a second and saying, "What are my intentions before I speak?" Um, <laughs> It's hard. Sometimes it's hard. What is my intention in this moment is do I, do I want learning to happen? Do I want empowerment to happen? Do I need a change real quick in behavior, whatever that might be something inappropriate is going on. What is, what is my intention and make sure that I'm meeting the individual with an audience where hopefully they will hear what I'm trying to say. That is challenging when you're busy and task oriented because X, Y, and Z have to get done. Like this has to get done. And when you have a schedule and there's boom, 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 patient, 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 it, that taking that five or 10 seconds feels like it's too much, mm-hmm. but it's not right. It's not, yeah. it's five or 10 seconds and it will drastically improve the rest of your day, the rest of your week, retaining mm-hmm. staff, everything else. And uh, that has been helpful. I'm not perfect with it. I have to apologize just like Dr. Bobby does. <laughs> That probably came off a little wrong. I'm hungry. It's right before lunch. I was very busy running behind. I Mm -hmm. apologize. That is no excuse for how I talk to you. Mm -hmm. This is, however, how we could maybe avoid this situation in the future. (laughs) And then I think to take it a step further, how can I prevent this from happening again, right? Exactly. That comes back to us on organization. Mm -hmm. And front load. Tools in place. Yep. Put them in place. Absolutely. All right. Well, Peter Gay, we very much appreciate you coming on board. We love talking with individuals that know more than we do. We find it helpful for ourselves. Hopefully we can pass this information along to others and they can find it helpful as well. You can find this, uh, any of the links uh, about our guest today, you can find in the YouTube uh, episode description. So find us on YouTube, two gals on a glass half full. We are on Facebook and Instagram as well. So subscribe to the podcast. It's on Apple podcast, subscribe to YouTube. You'll get the notifications when new stuff is coming out. And each week we do a lot of posting within social media as well. Just that if we know something, we want to share it with others. It'll be there. Hopefully you find it helpful. So Follow along, everybody. It's a journey. 
All right. Bye, Peter Gay. Thank you. Take care.